0: Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are doing something really cool today. We're airing this episode on two different podcasts. I'm Amy, host of the Motivated Mompreneur podcast, and I'm joined today by Tara.
1: Tara, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I am Tara Reed, and I am the host of the Introvertpreneur podcast. I am so,
0: so excited to be doing this today because I always see people on social media and then like to be able to record with them in person is like the coolest thing, like in the whole entire world to me and full disclosure, I am a huge, huge introvert. So when I saw that, like you're the introvertpreneur, like I relate to that. Like I identify as that 100%, (laughs) but I feel like we are going to have such a good discussion today about just stopping the hustle and really how to develop that business around our life.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like like all entrepreneurs, we deal with the hustle or like doing too much, putting too much on our plate, not setting boundaries. But as introverts, especially, I feel like it's even a little bit harder for us to do those things or realize, you know, not all the advice we're getting is suitable for our kind of personality type. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's spot
0: on because for me really having just that self awareness of how I function that's allowed me to make so much progress within my business. I mean, last year, full disclosure, I made a big, big mistake. Like I I hosted my first in-person event, which is awesome. But afterwards I went right into launch, I then quit my nine to five job and I took my kids out of the country on a vacation. So we had a lot going on, but but I learned from that, that like, I really, really have to work smarter instead of harder and protect my energy. Do you feel that way? Like when you attend events, like do you need kind of like decompression time after those?
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I actually, I had a really big lesson this year. Like I I always come back to, I know a lot of people talk about like pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And I've always said like, that's great advice sometimes, but not all the time. Like, I don't want to be pushing myself every single day to do these things that stress me out or drain my energy. So, I mean, last year I signed up for an in-person retreat that is actually happening in a couple of days. And I decided a couple of weeks ago that I am not going. I just don't have the mental space or capacity. It was just stressing me out. So I made the decision that I was not going to go, which was a hard decision to make because I know it's going to be super amazing, but we do have to be mindful about you know how we work best and how we want to show up. Mm, I love that because yeah, how
0: we work best and really that self awareness piece is so key and something I was not ready for when I became a business owner because your know, visibility is huge, right? Nobody knows who we are. We have this amazing product, amazing service that we offer, but how are we getting ourselves out there? How are we getting those eyeballs on our audiences? So what's been a way that you've been able to do that without totally sacrificing all of your energy and, you know, stretching yourself and doing these things that's like, it just doesn't feel good. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, so I definitely for many many years did the things that I thought I had to do and I finally made the decision um it was in June of 2022 that I left social media completely. Um so right now I am focused on SEO and bringing in organic warm leads to my website. I am focused on blog content and then also Pinterest for getting in front of new audiences. I also do a lot of Collaboration events, so podcast guesting um, like this. I've participated in many summits as a speaker and a contributor for bundles for list growth because my email list is really where I've I'm focusing on. Like this is my my place where I'm building an audience of people who I know want to hear from me. It doesn't feel like I'm just shouting into the void on a social media post. Oh my gosh isn't that
0: the truth though because organic reach is so low and i am not the person you will not see me hopping on the trend train dancing doing all of the things to me it just does not feel good i look like super awkward and it just doesn't work (laughs) for me it does not work so i love how you say that because yeah i'd rather have a highly engaged email list than a bajillion followers on social media because then i can really see Who am I getting in front of? Who's opening? Who's interested in what I have to say? And something else you touch on is collaboration. Those are so key and I have seen so much growth within my business by just linking arms with other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that are doing cool things like that, doing summits, doing podcast swaps. There's so many opportunities that don't require us to be spending hours and hours on social media
1: yeah and um one thing I'll say too, like for the introverts, I know I can relate to when it comes to collabs, like at first feeling awkward, reaching out or building those connections, and it does get easier, and one of the things I always have to tell myself is like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Somebody's gonna say no or they're not gonna respond like we always go to like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to be annoying or like somebody is gonna think I'm spammy or like they're way out of my league to even think about responding to me. We all have those those thoughts, I think, but really it comes down to just just putting yourself out there a little bit and just seeing what happens. Yeah, and in a
0: way that feels good to you because you're absolutely right. We spiral out of control in these thought patterns that people are going to think a certain way Well, you're not that person. How can you project like what they're Mm -hmm. going to think about you? And it's hard. It's really hard at first. And I think part of it's like our ego. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want somebody to tell us no. But at the end of the day, like, look how many spammy DMs we get every single day. I know on LinkedIn, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, sir, who are you? And what do you do? Like, please like just... (laughs) Get to know me as a human being first versus like going in for the cold hard pitch. It's just super awkward.
1: The amount of times I've been pitched for SEO services when I'm like, you didn't look like I have an SEO course. I teach SEO. Like I've been doing it for well over a decade. You didn't do your research.
0: Or my favorite too do you ever get the emails that are like podcast pitches? hey, so-and-so, and it's like in a different font and it's like they're just mm. copying, pasting and then they're pitching an idea that's not even related to your business. So if you're pitching yourself as a guest, it's like, just please take the two seconds to do your research, make sure it's a good fit and that you know there's a mutual benefit because it should go both ways. There should be that mutual benefit there because you are expanding your reach with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had a few that have pitched my podcast where their main audience is all about um, helping people sell more real estate. And I'm like, (laughs) I I don't think this is a good fit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's,
0: it doesn't even make sense. And so that's something, if you are looking to do that, please do Tara and I a favor and just like, do your research before you pitch, before you reach out first, because it really does. Like it makes a difference. It it truly makes a difference in how you approach someone. So, as an introvert, what are some other things that you've done to really gain control and kind of get out of the hustle mode that society's told us that we need to be successful and you know, checking everybody else's boxes off the list and their ideas of success? Oh
1: gosh, I think the best things I've ever done is think about automations, ways that Mm -hmm. I can automate things in my business. Um, Because I have a lot of different offers, a lot of different revenue streams. I'm always coming up with new ideas. So I needed to get myself organized and save as much time as I possibly could with the power of automations. Um, I think also a big one, like once you are able to invest to outsource some work that you're doing that is recurring. So you can easily like systematize it, process it, um, and hand it off to somebody else. I think that was a big, and it's always hard to, to let go of the reins a little bit at first. Um, but it's definitely, I feel like necessary at a certain point, especially if you're just taking on way too much and headed towards burnout, like, have have you ever experienced burnout? Oh my gosh, have I ever. <laughs> but for me,
0: the crazy thing is I experienced burnout, but I when I was experiencing it, I didn't realize that I was in it. And I think that's the hard part because we are constantly hustling. We're go 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 go. So, I come from a career in healthcare. I had worked, you know, 15 plus years in my dream job. I went to college, I got a degree, I got my license like I had all these credentials. That was awesome. But it wasn't until a pandemic that I like finally like had the universe slap me upside the head. And I questioned like, what am I doing? What the heck am I doing day in and day out? And then I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm burnt out. Yeah, I'm like Mm -hmm. on paper. I've got every single checkbox that I could have ever wanted checked off, but I'm burnt out and I didn't even know it. Until mm-hmm. I stopped. And that was that was really eye opening. But I think it's important to realize that when we're hustling, we get caught up in it. We just start going through the motions on autopilot. And that's what I was doing. I was working forty hours a week in a job that no longer served me. I had two kids that there were days and I never got to see them. Like it was hard. It was hard. And looking back, I'm like, wow, there were a lot of warning signs before uh, Hmm. I finally realized it. How about you? Have you ever had burnout in your experience?
1: Yeah. I, with my very first business, I, it grew very quickly and I was not prepared or ready for it. It was a product-based business. So it was like, I was hand making the product. So, um, at the, at the point of when the burnout started, I think I was working maybe, I mean, most days were like 14, 16 hour days, Ooh. um, where I was just making the product, um, and shipping it and trying to keep my head above water. And I just, I couldn't keep up with the demand. And I was like, I either, I came to a point where I was like, I, you know, everyone in my offline world is like, well, this is what you wanted. Like, this is what you've been working so hard for. Like, it's a good problem to have. And I'm like, it is, but like, I, I'm I can't keep doing this. This is mm-hmm. not maintainable. This is not healthy. Um, I ended up getting so burnt out that I decided to pause the business entirely and I let it sit for eight months. And then at the end of the eight months, I was like, I just haven't gotten my love or passion for it back. And I ended up selling that business and that was really hard, but I was like, I have, I never knew what, what burnout would feel like until I was in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And then
0: you almost feel guilty in a way. I felt guilty then because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm living like the quote unquote American dream. Like, who am I to, like, say that I feel bad for having a job that supports my family, that supports my kids? Like, I had a lot of guilt then that I had to work Mm -hmm. through to realize that. But then, you know, when I finally did quit the 9 to 5, I found myself in a similar situation as you. I was working 24-7 and building that first business. And that's not healthy. Like, we're not Mm -hmm. meant to work 24-7. But two of the things you mentioned earlier, like automation's were game changers. And I think a lot of business owners get the idea in their head that automations have to be something like so super complicated or so techy. I have to have this skill set automations can be as something something as easy as grocery delivery put your Mm. groceries on autopilot so they come to your home like for forever that is the most beautiful thing ever and then we don't have to see people (laughs) i know (laughs) i hate grocery shopping i legitimately hate going to the grocery store i don't like crowds of people i just don't enjoy it so for me Mm -hmm. literally by using instacart I gained back an hour and a half out of my week. You figure 15 minutes to get to the store, an hour wandering around the store, 15 minutes to get home. Like That's an hour and a half that I could be pouring Mm -hmm. into my business, into working with clients, creating a new offer, doing things that are going to generate revenue and move that needle forward in my business. So I think it's important to note that automations aren't just business things. It can be automating things in your life too that you don't Mm want to do.
1: Yeah, like along with that, I've even been using Chat GPT. Like, here's my grocery list. Can you put together some dinner recipes for me for the week? Right. We can harness the power of technology
0: and make it work for us. I mean, even for like the podcast, for example, we're recording today. I'm gonna take the transcript. I'm going to pop it into ChatGPT, And I think where people get messed up is you have to be so super specific with it. You're training it mm-hmm. over time. And so I'll say, hey, I'm writing show notes for my podcast, yada, yada, yada. Um, please, you know, and really give it specific prompts and consolidate it into a short, like three sentence summary. And you do that. And then you make it your own. You can tweak it further. If you don't like what it wrote, you can reuse or like regenerate it. But it's important that we start working smarter and using technology to help us as a tool versus, oh my gosh, I, I just don't have the time. I don't have the energy. Well, no, it's going to help save you time. It's going to save you energy.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I I love tech so much and the time savings, like, Something as simple as setting up email templates, Yes, Um, like for, for regular customer, like emails or inquiries, like, oh, I'm having trouble logging in or it's not letting me reset my password. Like instead of rewriting the same thing or like, oh, I had an email like that last week. Let me go find it and copy and paste it. No, just save it as a template. Yes. Yes. Click and there it is.
0: Game <laughs> changers, right there. And something that has been really beneficial for me is getting my standard operating procedures like written down on paper, and I review them because what I do is when I can zoom out and see like what my business processes are, I can start to identify what am I doing over and over. Where can I outsource? What can I automate? because then we buy back our time essentially. Mm-hmm. We're working smarter instead of harder.
1: Yeah, and that's going to make the process of outsourcing so much easier. Nice. Like I've I've been on both sides of it as a service provider and then as the client. So I and I've I've worked with clients where I'm like it's so hard to do your job if you don't have processes or like guidelines or things in place and documented. Um so it's just going to make like the money that you're paying to outsource, you're going to get more. Like, Yeah. Yeah. No, you said too. like something that I really resonate with
0: that, like at heart at first it was hard for you to give up some of that control and to outsource. So like, how did you overcome that? Because that's something I still like, I've got a team now I've got people helping me, but there's still some things I'm like, Nope, I'm not giving up control of this item or this item. How do you navigate that?
1: It's definitely hard. I think for me, it came down to like, what are some things that I'm not willing to not be responsible for? So for me, like I write all of my emails. um, It's like, cause that's my main method. And like, I want it to come from me. So that's something that I know I'm never, probably never going to outsource. Um, Cause I've done that in the past. I've hired somebody to write content. And then it was like, Oh, like, I could have probably done this quicker um, just because it it's so important to me, like it's such a high priority. So yeah. prioritizing what actually needs your hands to get done or your mind to get done. Um, and then definitely what changed the game for me, I actually eventually after realizing that I was the bottleneck for my team, I was the one holding them up from getting things done and answering questions i actually hired a business online business manager to be the person in between so that she could hold me accountable she could answer questions that she could do and then anything else she would send to me as like a end of the day or end of the week doc so that it was much easier for me to manage versus one-off questions like constantly throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I,
0: for me, like the task switching thing just does not work well. If I have my email opened up in the background and I'm constantly like navigating from what I'm doing to looking at email, to trying to write, uh, an email out like it's too much for my little brain to handle and when you realize like okay where are you being the bottleneck in your business like you said that really opens so many opportunities and possibilities to grow to run more efficiently because at mm-hmm. the end of the day that's where we give up a lot of our power is that we're trying to do everything everyone else is doing but at the end of the okay. day like this is our business. We get to choose how we show up. Like I love that you shared you're not on social media. That's amazing. But that's proof that it can be done. That social mm-hmm. media is just one little piece of the puzzle. It shouldn't be the whole entire marketing strategy and business strategy.
1: Yeah, especially if it feels overwhelming and energy draining. Like you you don't have to be there. Like I've I've talked to some people who are like, "Oh, but my audience is on Instagram, so I have to be there. I have to post every day or I have to share stories every day. I have to do videos and do reels." And I'm like, "Okay, that may be true that your audience is primarily on Instagram, but that's probably not the only place they are. It's probably not the only place that they're consuming content." So, if it's not working for you, then I mean, try something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I feel like anything that I've ever told myself that I should be doing, I should be doing this. I should be doing that is something I'm like, "Mm, I probably shouldn't actually be doing Mm -hmm. that, you know, because again, we're trying to run our business then like everyone else. I'm interrupting this episode to share an incredible networking opportunity that happens every single Monday at 1230 Eastern Standard Time. Join us for coffee talk and meet and collaborate with other mompreneurs just like you. Networking has grown my business by leaps and bounds, and I would love to share this opportunity with you. All the details can be found in our show notes. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah. It's so, and I always come back to the video thing because everyone like, oh, you, you need to like, video is where it's at. Video is King. And the thing with some people, like if we force ourselves to do things because we're told that we should, it may not come across or work as well because it's not suited for us. Like I, I forced myself to do reels and they were terribly awkward. And didn't get me any kind of results, and they were very energy draining and took a lot of time. Yeah. And it's it's really having that
0: self-awareness. And I think too, really getting clear on your ideal customer and your audience. Are they actually consuming videos that that's going to convert them into a client? For me, the podcast has actually been a huge referral generator, a huge visibility piece and here we are. We're audio. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the cool part, right?
1: I love that. Yeah. And it's it's so true because like another example is is my I have a program just for introverts and I added in Voxer Office Hours and they absolutely love Voxer Office Hours. I was like, I should have done this sooner. Like of course my fellow introverts don't really care about the live Monthly calls. They want Voxer access, audio access, and text access.
0: Yeah. And it's convenient too. It's convenient for your
1: audience. So it's really
0: getting clear on how can I serve them better? You know, I can't tell you how many people have come at me and they're like, well, if you really want to grow your podcast, you need to be on YouTube. Okay. Mm. I I see that. I get that. But at the same time, my audience isn't consuming video on YouTube on a regular basis. So maybe one day that'll be something I can add in, but for me, it's not the top of my priority list right now.
1: Do you put your videos Mm -hmm. on YouTube? No, no, I don't. I don't even usually, I will actually not usually turn my camera on. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it on if, if the, if I'm doing a guest interview and they join and turn their camera on, then I'll click mine on. But sometimes I just record it with, even without cameras on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the beautiful part is that you get to choose. And if that feels good for you, do it. Because when you're doing the things that feel good, that's where it's sustainable for you. Because if you're constantly going, 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 doing things that are just zapping your energy, gosh, it's just gonna be exhausting.
1: Yeah, I know. If I was if I was to do video, a video podcast on YouTube and I I know that I wouldn't be able to show up in the same way. And I would start to dread doing it and I would then stop being consistent with it. I would lose my love for it. So while it would maybe grow the podcast and sure. your audience, um, get in front of new people who maybe that's how they prefer to learn or listen. Um, it's just not for me. It's not worth the, the trade-off of that. Yeah
0: yeah absolutely so knowing what you know now in your business which has grown it's wildly wildly successful like what advice would you give yourself when you were first starting out this business burnt out you said you know what like i'm making all these products and gosh i just can't do this what advice would you give yourself
1: I think the biggest thing, it goes back to kind of what you said about having guilt around it. I think I did have a lot of guilt when I was in that place where I was like, you know, everyone's telling me like, this is what you wanted. And this is, this is what I've been working towards. But now that it's this level of success is here. I just, I'm so overwhelmed. And I, I think what I would say to I mean, it worked out because after that business sold, I shifted into what I'm doing now and helping other entrepreneurs. So I do think it actually, it was a good thing that it yeah. happened and I experienced it. But at the time I would probably say like, give yourself some grace. Like it it's because I was definitely in that hustle mindset. Like, you know, I, I come from a family of like, um, factory workers where it's like, you, you have to work hard. You have to put in the time you have to. And so that's kind of a little bit ingrained in me where, <laughs> and it's hard too when you love what you're doing to kind of still set those boundaries. Like, yes, I love what I'm doing, but it's still work and I can't be working nonstop. Like I, I think going back to why did you start your business in the first place? Like for me, I wanted to be able to work from home. I wanted to have a more flexible schedule. I wanted to have freedom. And you know, if I'm working 16-hour days, I don't really have freedom. <laughs> right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, for me, having just such massive clarity on my why, really knowing why am I doing this? Why do I want to be an entrepreneur? Because yes, it looks glamorous from the outside. Wow, you get to make your own hours. You're your own boss. There's so much flexibility, but it's hard. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, that why has gotten me through hard times because it's, it's not easy. It's making a lot of really tough decisions. It's a huge, like personal development journey. But like you said, you, know, you have to go through certain things. Like I had one business that completely evolved into another as well, but it's like Steve Jobs says, like looking back, that's when you can connect the dots and just mm-hmm. really like continuing to seek that clarity of why are you doing what you're doing and what do you want this life to look like? Because it's a noisy world out there and I think it's so easy to get sucked up into what everybody else's idea of success is where we really need to know what's my idea and really giving mm-hmm. ourselves that white space. That's hard to do at first because we're addicted
1: to the hustle. At least I
0: was. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to turn off sometimes. Yes. And set, those, set those boundaries, um, even not like the hustle. And then also like the the actually working, like because flexibility yes. is important to me. I found that a lot of people, in my off- offline life, they would be like, oh, you work from home. I'm going to pop in for a visit. And I'm like, I have meetings. Like, I'm not, like yes. I, I know I say that this is this is flexible and, and fun and like I can work my own hours, but I still have like things that got to be done and and set meetings and stuff that I can't miss. Like, yeah, yeah. And for
0: me, I actually had to like set up daily non-negotiables for myself because it was... It's easy when you're working at home to just start doing other little things here and there like oh I'm at home I just toss in a load of laundry well no I can't I can't do that because then I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and it's like there's this kid's book called if you give a mouse a cookie and for me it was like I was the little mouse doing all of the other things then and then finally at the end of the day coming back to that load of laundry but I was so much less efficient but when I really got clear on like what are those non-negotiables and started treating my business like a business that I have the discipline to do those tasks every single day, whether I feel like it or not, you know, because it's, it's easy just to push it off to the side. Like, Oh, I'll wait to write that email until tomorrow. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't necessarily need to put all the information in. So my back end team can do that until next week, you know, like, no, Mm -hmm. really being disciplined has been really important for me.
1: Yeah that's a good that's a good point like we have to have boundaries on both sides boundaries yeah. to not overwork but still but boundaries to also get done what we need to get done and actually treat our business like a business yeah yeah because it's so easy to
0: just be like oh I'll just do this one thing or I'll just I'll just answer this one phone call from my mom and it's like well no she doesn't understand like <laughs> I'm working I this is how I make my income I'm not just sitting at home scrolling on Instagram Mm -hmm. every day and I think if you're not making progress in your business it's important to really zoom out and analyze your schedule look at how you're spending your time are you Mm -hmm. spending your time on things that will move that business forward or are you spending your time doing things procrastinating just being busy instead of actually being
1: productive and making progress yeah. I love a good time audit. I oh, do that yeah. often. If right. I'm starting to feel like I don't even know what I did last week, like, or I have tasks that I'm pushing off. I'm like, what am I even doing right now? I, I will still go back and do another time audit. I will start to record everything for the next week. And then I'll review it at the end of the week and see like What needs to change (laughs) yeah but again it's so
0: important that we stop again we have to stop in order to know where we are you know it's like your gps when you're going somewhere yeah you have to put in that end destination but it calculates that route based off of where you're at now so if you're constantly going if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're feeling burnt out and you don't even know where you're at you're going to take so much longer to get to where you're
1: going because you're taking all of these
0: like detours along the way.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so hard to find that balance. But I think that's a good thing about like you know that I feel like that's a lesson that took me a long time to learn. So if anyone listening <laughs> um takes anything away from this, um hopefully it it helps you kind of figure out how to make things work for you a little quicker. Cause I will say like, I, for the first 10 years, I would say of, of my business, I was very much overworked, not really having much structure, um, just focused on like getting what I could done each day. I had like not a lot of processes, so I've definitely shifted over the last, six or seven years so
0: yeah well and that's just it you're taking action you're taking action and seeing what's working what's not and then taking that time audit when you start to feel overwhelmed because we're going to evolve as business owners and what worked on day one is not going to work as well you know five ten years into it so it's really being so aware of how am I spending my two most valuable assets, my time and my energy. And once you get that awareness, you are gonna make so much progress in your business. Yeah, I Tara, I totally relate to that because I learned that the hard way too. It was like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna do
1: all the things <laughs> all at once. It's gonna be amazing. And yeah, yeah. Even even this year, my um my word of the year for 2023 is intentional. I wanted to be more intentional with how I was showing up, with where I was giving my energy, where I was giving my time. I just wanted everything to feel more intentional and thought out. Um, Did you have a a word of the year?
0: You know, this year, I don't really think I did I I, because I went back and forth with it. And last year, it was simplicity and it was just Mm -hmm. really asking myself, like, is this necessary? Do I need to be doing this? Or can I really simplify this process? So this year, I didn't have a word of the year. I don't know why I didn't have a word of the year, but I love that. I like want to steal that for the last quarter of the year and Mm -hmm. just really like try and be as
1: intentional as I can with how I'm spending those resources. Mm I love that. I love simple simplifying things too has made such a big difference because I think sometimes we get caught in the weeds, especially if you're an ideas person or a fellow multi-passionate. It can be hard to get out of your head and actually focus and think about like, Am I like making
0: this overcomplicated? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. And talk about overcomplicators. Like that was me through and through. (laughs) And I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in it, especially at the beginning of the business, because there are so many things you can be doing. There are so many different strategies out there that work, but you really get clear on what's the one strategy that you want to implement. Where are you going to focus on? And once you have that one thing, on autopilot, then, okay, then we can add to it. Then we can evolve and get even fancier. But simple is sustainable. And I just, I would love to just shout that from the mountaintops and tell myself that, you know, when I was first Mm -hmm. starting out, it's the simple that's going to be sustainable for you
1: yeah that's that's a real especially starting out. I was trying to be everywhere <laughs> and really gaining no traction anywhere because I was just spread way too thin. I just needed to keep it simple and focus yeah. on one thing at a time,
0: and you know, I heard a great analogy once, and I wish I knew where I had heard this. But you look at all the bigger companies. you look at Starbucks. what were they known for? Coffee. What was Nike known for? Shoes. What was Apple known for? The Mac, like they, all these major companies that have all of these little companies underneath them now, all these different products, all these different services, they got really good at the one thing. They became known for the one thing. And these are like bajillion dollar companies that have like massive teams underneath them. So why is it different in our lives? Why do we think we need to be doing all of the things instead of getting really good at that one thing?
1: Mm hmm Yeah. That's so true. I love that analogy about the companies. It's like, yeah, they, they add in new product lines over time or new departments over time or new marketing strategies over time. Like, it's not like, okay, let's go. Let's run Facebook ads. Let's post on Instagram every day. Let's show up on LinkedIn. (laughs) Let's like launch a new offer every week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Like when you
0: actually (laughs) like write it down and say these things, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, but I was there. I did that at one point in my business. And now I'm, I'm more intentional. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? What are the three things I need to do every day to keep moving forward? And that's where
1: it's sustainable to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Which sustainability is so, so important. Like I would take sustainability over going viral for a short period any day. I love, you know, sustainability means building a business that's going to last and is going to, you know, and means that you don't have to be on every single day if your energy is low or if something in life happens. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh, Tara, this was such a great conversation. I love how we were both able to just share so many nuggets of like just lessons learned. To share Mm -hmm. with other entrepreneurs and just be like, hey, this is the reality of running a business and you get to choose. You don't have to buy into this hustle culture. You don't have to be on social media. You can build an awesome business without all of those shiny objects that everybody says we need to be successful and build a business on your terms. Where can we get into your world and learn more about you?
1: Um, yeah, so probably getting on my email list is the best place. I do have tons of freebies. If you go to my website and my free res- resources page, I have about, I think there's like ten different freebies. Um, so if you holy moly grab one, you'll get on my email list. Um, if you do grab many, you might get, you might be in multiple email sequences at once. But, um, yeah, I deliver all the goods and all the value, um, to my email list.
0: I love it, love it, love it. And yeah, There's, I love when business owners are willing to give everything away for free. Give that value away. Don't be afraid to share your value because what happens then is Tara gives you a win and you're like, oh my gosh, I I need her. Like now I really need her and she's helped me and she knows her stuff because she's shown me through her free stuff. So how much juicier is her paid stuff going to be? So don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to
1: give it away for free. So good. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And I'd love for you to share where the best place for my audience is to find you.
0: Yeah. So my podcast, The Motivated Mompreneur Podcast, is streaming on all platforms. I have a website, themomsonamission.com. And if you're on Instagram, I'm over there at Amy Traw. And all of that will be linked up in the show notes. So pop in, say hello, and get into our world. We would love, love, love for you to give us feedback. Let us know what other things you want us to talk about because we are here to serve you. We have built businesses from the ground up. We have done the legwork. So get into our world, connect with us, and say hello. Anything else you
1: want to leave us with, Tara, before we wrap up? Um, I think the biggest thing is you know, just, just be you, just, just check in with yourself, just do what feels good. And um, you'll, you'll find success if, if you're doing those things and making things work for you in an authentic way that you're able to show up as, as yourself and as you truly are. I
0: love it. Oh, so, so good. Tara, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.